0: Master class. It was a summer internship for the two new recruits, Lata and Ravi. Both were young and attractive and they ramped up the oomph factor in the architect's dusty office tenfold. Everyone wanted them to stay in, where they could be becked and called for all manner of trivia, just to see these beautiful young things moving and talking and functioning with godlike grace. But in the big boss's chat with them, they'd both said they had no experience of actual clients. And while they were excited about everything and expecting to learn a lot, Client visits were the one thing they really hoped they'd get some solid experience of. And she'd promised them she'd ensure they would. So, earnestly gripping their bags full of documents, drawings, and notebooks, they'd been trailing along with her every day for weeks. And this day, she'd finally thrown them a juicy bone a site visit and three client interactions alone. Just the two of them. The excitement was exploding out of their faces. They were reminded they were representing the big boss and always to keep that in mind. To keep their eyes and ears open at all times, to make notes of good and bad, not to antagonize anybody, to be unfailingly polite and to work as a team. And off they went with their eyes shining a site visit was a doddle the contractor was an old hand he knew how to handle these babes in the wood he saw the likes of them every year didn't he and he gave them a good round trudging them through the project level by level and pointing out various points of interest answering their interminable questions and curiosities the kids enjoyed that hugely and only agreed to leave when he shunted them out so he could get on with his work For them, everything was new, everything was learning, nothing like the cobwebby classes at college. They bounded eagerly towards the next task, the client visits. This was exciting for the kids, but most professionals, even in diverse fields, agree that clients are the worst part of any job. They never know their own minds, and they won't listen to the professionals So interactions are often mindless. And the professionals have to be the adults and exercise infinite patience and understanding while gently pulling them away from the ridiculous, being the client view, towards the sublime, being the professional view. The first visit had been confirmed only the previous day. At the home of a middle-aged couple, let's call them the peas, after having specified the time in a most strident manner and repeatedly insisting not to be late and keep them waiting, Mrs. P had gone out and Mr. P was in his bath when the kids arrived exactly on schedule. Some time later, Mr. P presented himself still rosy and moist from his bath and smelling of expensive cologne. The two polite kids listened to his harangue for the next 20 minutes. Diligently making notes and not arguing back though he spouted what even they recognised to be the most arrant nonsense. Lata fixed her eyes on her notepad because every time she looked up, she caught Mr. P talking to her chest. When she tried to catch his eye and embarrass him, he'd given her a wolfish grin as if to say how lucky she was to have his appreciation. Ravi noticed the sleazy byplay, but was apparently as frozen into inaction as she was. As soon as Mr. P's diatribe ended, Lata gathered her belongings and her assaulted dignity and left, leaving Ravi to say their thank yous and to follow. They didn't discuss it. It was awkward. They didn't really know each other so well. They rode in silence to the next stop an office. They had only to hand over some documents to a secretary, which ought to be quick and painless. They went up in the lift, still diligently avoiding each other's eyes, found their way to the correct office and had just handed over the large manila envelope to the secretary as instructed when the door of the inner chamber opened and out strode the boss. His smarmy smile Oozing cream instantly rattled the already shaken Lata. Who is this lovely vision? He boomed, eyes raking Lata lasciviously from top to toe. They've brought those papers you were expecting from the architect's office, sir, and they are just leaving, the secretary said. The kids needed no second telling and fled as fast as they could out the building. They'd met this man before with their boss and he'd been crisp and businesslike, and not even noticed their existence. But without the umbrella of her presence, he'd seen them, Lata, only as prey. They were sickened. There was only one more stop. It was another home visit. They made themselves go. Ravi hesitated on the pavement and gingerly suggested to Lata that she might prefer to wait outside. He could go in alone. There were only some swatches to be collected. He'd be in and out in a jiffy. But she declined. So they went in together. Sat down in the elegant drawing room and waited, looking around at all the beautiful things, Lata holding a file up in front of her as a shield. A few minutes later, Mrs. M, shall we call her, drifted in in a pale yellow silk wraparound dressing gown at two in the afternoon. Her feet were nestled in fluffy white mules, her hair was bundled messily into a clip, her tiny hands were tipped in shocking pink, and her wrap was not always wrapping around her. She dropped her limblessly onto a sofa as if she'd just spent the morning doing exhausting things. She chatted with them kindly, asking casually about studies and work, offering refreshments and sending for delicate little whatnots from the kitchen. You poor darlings running around in the hot afternoon. I'm sure they don't give you an AC car, do they? Where are you going from here? Will I ask Balu to drop you? He's got no work just now anyway.' She was amusing, and they both relaxed and smothered their grins. Seemed harmless enough, if a bit scatty. After fifteen minutes or more of all this, she was politely reminded they were there at her request to pick up something. She nodded as if in dawning realisation, and looked around her as if expecting the swatches to magically materialise. When they didn't, She asked Ravi to bring her a bell which was lying on a table hardly a step away and patted the sofa next to her, inviting him to sit there. He chivalrously jumped to it. He brought her the bell, but in the taking of it, she feathered her pink-tipped fingers over his hand and held his eyes a fraction too long. That was evidently too much for Ravi unused as he was, being male, to being groped everywhere he went. He pulled back his hand, as if scorched, and sat beside her only in name, tucking himself into the furthest corner of the sofa, bolt upright. All the amusement of the half-open wrapper and the kind thoughts engendered by the kitchen delectables and the offer of the AC car, gone in a flash." Mrs M didn't seem to notice his reaction at all as she rang the bell and instructed whoever it was who responded to bring her handbag. And while they waited for it, she opened up a private line of conversation with Ravi. Where did he live? And where had he been to school? Ignoring Lata as if she wasn't even in the room. Keeping the instruction about not antagonising anybody front and centre, Ravi answered as politely, though as briefly, as he could. Lata should have been relieved to be out of the line of fire for a change, but she was shivering with suppressed rage and tension. She tried repeatedly to insinuate herself into the exchange, but Mrs. M had eyes and ears only for Ravi, who was plainly not enjoying the sunshine of her attention. The handbag was brought as large as a suitcase, and they waited on tenterhooks while she rummaged inside it, pulling out envelope after envelope and a variety of keys and jars and pouches until she finally found the bundle of swatches she was looking for. Before she could even blink, Lata was standing in front of her with her hand outstretched. Thank you, ma'am. I'll take that. Ooh, Miss Bossy Boots, she said actually deigning to look at Lata for the first time. Lata accepted the small bundle of swatches in silence, matching the sweet seductress smile for smile as she kept her eyes firmly away from Ravi, who'd poor fellow almost pushed himself through the arm of the sofa. He looked so pathetic it would have been funny if it had been a laughing matter to begin with. Lata boldly shook hands with Mrs. M., thanked her for her kindness and hospitality and assured her she'd get the swatches into the right hands. Mrs. M made as if to get up, but Lata begged her not to. They'd see themselves out. And keeping Ravi on her other side, from where he gave Mrs. M a small, stiff, silent nod by way of farewell, she extracted him, unharmed, from the spider's web. They scrambled down the stairs in silence. But outside the building, Ravi stopped and caught her wrist firmly. Thanks, Lata, he said. I can't begin to say how much I appreciated that. I'm still a bit shaky. And I feel terrible that I didn't stand up for you earlier. I didn't know how to. But I'll know next time. I just received a masterclass. Lata grinned mischievously at him, recovering quickly now that they'd escaped the jaws of death. Aren't you glad you didn't leave me on the doorstep this time?